Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks, Lindsay. You may be seated. Let's pray. God, make it true that all we need is here, and you promise that whenever your word is spoken that your spirit comes. And so have that spirit float and land on our hearts and remind us what we have already been given and where you're calling us to share it. In Jesus' name, amen. This might be one of the scariest stories in the Bible. Often we think of Bible literacy and memorization as a key asset to faith. Anyone we think who can quote scripture effortlessly must be impressively good. But in this story, it's the devil who is speaking Bible verses so cunningly, acting almost godlike in how the words are meticulously positioned and phrased, using scripture like a scalpel to cut a clear line. Instead of speaking truth, the devil's scripture manipulates and it entices. This story is always on the first Sunday of Lent. And so we hear it and we're programmed to think since Jesus overcame temptation, we can too. So we try extra hard, right, for six weeks, not to skip 6 a.m. workouts or to forego chocolate cake on your birthday or to limit snarky comments on social media or whatever else your give up list for Lent may include. But this is exactly why this story is so scary, because we try to make it about us. We cannot withstand temptation like Jesus did. And every time we do, Every time we try to be better or deflect temptation, we end up puffing ourselves up, thinking then we are better than someone else, 
or we feel depleted within hours because we just cannot keep up with the expectations. Simply put, we cannot do what Jesus did. So I'm declaring this, let's just be human. And the first human thing to notice in this story is its location, the wilderness. I want to ask you, what do you envision when you hear that word wilderness? Desert, trees, forests, right? What else? Wilderness. Remoteness, away from other people. Barren land, yes, all those things that you have talked about are real. I've heard some people talk about the jungles of Vietnam. For Jesus, the wilderness was the desert, isolated, endless, and dry. Miles of sand and sheer quiet with no end in sight. Wilderness is a central place in the Bible. Where God led the newly freed Israelites from Pharaoh's grip, now to a new place, a promised land. And they were in the wilderness for 40 years with not enough to make it on their own except what God provided each day. They had to be very human and trust in how God would provide and lead. And they hated it. And it was the wilderness, the deserted place, where Jesus fed a crowd of over 5,000 people with just two fish and five loaves of bread. You see, the miracle of feeding happens in the wilderness. As human beings, there are also wild places, wilderness places of our hearts, minds, and bodies. Real life disruptions where we are plucked from the life we thought we were living and quickly get transported to new surroundings that are unfamiliar and overwhelming. Places where we cannot see the end and where we on our own do not have what is needed to remedy the situation. You know wilderness. It can take many forms, a sudden death, a startling diagnosis, the betrayal of relationships, restructuring at work, Cognitive changes to our partners or our parents, an unforeseen accident, struggles with our kids, the constant quest to search for exactly what we are meant to do. The terrain in the wilderness is challenging and vast, places without maps, where for a moment we get a glimpse of hope and change only to get there and to find out it was a mirage. And we tend to keep our wilderness times close to our chest, not wanting to expose these vulnerable places, thinking that wilderness means weakness. But today, let's be human and name the wilderness and embrace the wilderness, for this is the place that Jesus goes first. The place he needed to go to before he could walk the streets of this world to teach, teach, heal, feed, and ultimately save. I remember in my late 20s, 
having lunch with my friend, and my first marriage was just ending at the time, and I was devastated. Here I was, kind of at that life stage where I thought my life would really unfold on those next thing, like having kids, and there I was single, and I felt alone in this wilderness. I had no one really that I knew in my peer group and my family that I could go to that understood. And so I was having lunch with my friend and she was listening and she was coming close and she said to me, Beth, I just have to tell you, this whole experience makes you really more interesting. <laughs> and I think I knew what she was saying. I think I knew that she was trying to tell me that this time of suffering and struggle was really shaping me, my heart, my voice for this life ahead. And I didn't feel it at the time when she said it, but I understand it now that that experience of the wilderness was some kind of Velcro that attached to me that allowed me to connect more deeply to people and their suffering in life. But I also thought at that na naive age that, okay, you go through the suffering and then you're done, which is not the case. But there's something really beautiful when we can share our wilderness experiences with others and then find out that they have either walked or someday they will walk, we just become closer to each other. And so I found myself the other day on Instagram just going through all these um, businesses or people I was following. And it's really the people who have been in the wilderness or are in the wilderness that are the people that I connect with. I don't connect with people whose life supposedly is perfect or um, well-matched or looking great in pictures. Because for me, that's not real. That's not the life. But when we dare to be able to share the sacredness of the wilderness times, we find deep connection in this world. In the wilderness for Jesus, he did not play this divine card to avoid what he was facing. Jesus, in all his humanness, felt the pangs of what 40 days without food felt like. He sat at the highest point where he could have, in a feat of splendor, jumped to see God's angels catch him to show off his power. And Jesus, we believe, really felt that tug to take the easy route, to be successful and famous, to know that all the people in places of this world could bow down to him if he would only worship the devil. But instead, Jesus chose a different way. Our question this week in Lent is, what are you giving your life to? Where are you investing your time, your personhood, your resources? What is it that's controlling your life? And what's interesting about these questions is there's no prerequisite where, where you need to be to think about these things. This question of investing in life doesn't become pertinent only when life is flowing well, when all your ducks are in line, without much worry for what tomorrow holds. The question actually takes root 
in the wilderness, the wild places of life, when we cannot know the ending point. So let's be human. If we invest in taking matters only into our own hands, thinking we're the ones that can fix it, we miss what Jesus has already done for us. God, through Jesus, has chosen another way to conquer sin, death, and the devil, a way that will find its way to the cross in surprise, in suffering, and humility. And because of that, there's hope in the wilderness, and there is a way. The wilderness is a place where God tended not only to feed bodies, but also spirits, and bringing people together to form community. It's a place where those communities are built, all people receiving what they need for each day. And that is why, as a church and as a community, we are built on being human. And that means we don't want you walking in in your Sunday best. Come in, open the doors from the wilderness of your life, and be real. Because that's where our sacred stories are formed. And trusting that that wilderness is a place that God knows well, aware a place where Jesus has experienced and overcome the temptations of this world. And that is why he would cross every border to notice people in the shadows in the corner and why Jesus still will not avoid the oppression, the pain, or the wild places. There's another detail to this story that we're not meant to miss. <clears throat> After the devil has left, the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Those within God's community noticed the need of the divine to feed and to come and wait and take care of the immediate needs to nourish Jesus' body and spirit. You see, Jesus was not alone in the wilderness. So let's be human. What are you investing your life in? You can't make it on your own in the wilderness. That is the exact fertile place where God will come to feed you day by day and also the place where we are called to attend to anything that may serve a need for another. There are no limits to how this care can be given. It's beautiful in its mundaneness. It comes in the simple, basic ways. Forgiveness, presence in the wilderness, and the gift of grace for the day is ours because of Jesus. So it's simply today, receive this gift. So this Lent, let's be human. God's already in your wilderness, and there's nothing that can separate you from that love. You will be taken care of in the wild places, and that is where God calls us to, to come close, to take care of others. Amen.